Dear listener, we hope that you've been enjoying the variety of podcasts that we have on our network. Now is your opportunity to help us by telling us a little more about you. Please visit jcastnetwork.org survey and complete our listener survey so that we can learn more about you and your listening habits. Again, please visit jcastnetwork.org survey. Thanks so much. You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romamu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. I want to talk to you guys tonight about that word that we were just singing, peace. Before you get all scared, I'm not talking about an accord. I'm not talking about a treaty. I'm not talking about a particularly small country somewhere in the Middle East that I happen to love. Just talking about shalom, the word shalom, because the rabbis say in our tradition that there's no greater vessel in which God decided to give blessing to the world than the vessel of peace. In fact, the Midrash, the rabbis go on to say that every prayer that we utter ends with that word, that word, shalom. Every service ends with shalom. Peace is both the destination, it is also the path. So I want to talk a little bit about peace, and I want to talk about a lot of confusion that I feel, I don't know if you feel this too, about what's going on in the world. Talk a little bit about what to me feels like something that is so vital to understand, which is the relationship between what is outside and inside, between what is happening out there, as it were, and in here, about that relationship between inside, outside, between those who are included, those who are excluded, between our perceptions of what's going on out in the world, because sometimes, I don't know about you, but I feel like I don't know where I should start, if I should start out there or in here. Because I want to do all this fixing out there, and then I want to do all this kind of fixing in here, and I'm not sure which place to begin in. I'm not even sure what the relationship between the two of them are, is, sometimes. And maybe sometimes, like, someone who sat with me this past weekend on Shavuot, who said, you know, Rabdi, I'm having a hard time forgiving. I'm having such a hard time forgiving. And I asked, I said, what is it that you're trying to forgive? And, and he went on and started talking to me about how his desire to, to be a part of a community, and the community excluded him, and all he wanted was just to be a part of that community. And he's kind of trying to work it out, trying to figure out, where do I start? Out there, in here? Is it them? Are they the problem? Should I try to fix them? Before I fix me, but maybe I should fix me, but then am I a victim? Anybody ever have this internal dialogue at all? Am I just like on the couch here in front of everybody? <laughs> Tomorrow morning, the Torah has a very, very deep thing to teach us, but it wasn't overtly mentioned in the Torah, but I had to see it in the teachings of the great Hasidic master, the Kedushat Levi. Or Levi Yitzchak Berdichev, Levi Yitzchak Ben Sarah Sasha, the great 18th century Hasidic master, in his gloss, in his interpretation of a prayer that is the oldest prayer in our tradition, probably. 
A prayer that we're going to sing tomorrow morning. Many of you are familiar with it. You might even sing it tonight. It's called the priestly blessing. Birchat Kohanim. That kind of moment where Spock appears in the shul. If you're growing up as a kid, you weren't allowed to look at the priests because they were transmitting a deep, powerful spiritual energy. But this amazing blessing. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmerecha. May God bless you. Yivarechecha and yishmerecha and watch over you. Yair Adonai v'chunaka. May God shine light on your face. And may you be found charming or full of grace. May God lift up God's face and may you be blessed with that word that we were just focusing on. What is it? Shalom. Peace. The Berdichever focuses our attention on the way that priestly blessing is introduced to the Jewish people for all time. God comes to Moses and says, Moshe Moses, come to your brother Aaron and teach him this. Thus. That's the word that the Bredishavar alights upon. The word in Hebrew, ko, K-O-H, ko, kuf, I'm sorry, chaf he, ko tivarchud b'nei Israel. This or thus shall you bless the children of Israel. Tell them, yivarechicha, tell them, Isa, tell them, ya'er, and the Bredishavar says, what is the meaning of thus shall you bless them? What's the meaning of that word thus? It should say, this is how you should do it. Just do it this way. Here's the blessing. Ko has a full semantic associative palette. The word ko means sort of like this. It means similarity. It means ke, as if. And the Bredichever says something very profound that is a lesson for me in my life, and I hope it's going to be a lesson for us. It's a deep spiritual principle that appears not only in the Jewish tradition in this moment, but in other places. It appears in other religious literature. It is a very, very foundational spiritual principle. He says, Ko tivarchu, thus shall you bless them, means teach them the teaching of the Baal Shem Tov, the great founder of the Hasidic movement, who said, Adonai Teach them the God, Spirit, the world, whatever you want to call that which is alive beyond you is in a reciprocal relationship with you. As you will be like a shadow and the sun. The sun and the shadow are inextricably interwoven. As you will be, so you will receive blessing. As you act in the world, God will act in that way with you. God will be your shadow, says the Berdichever. Ko tivarchud b'nei Yisrael. Thus shall you bless them and tell them two separate things. You'll teach them the words of the blessing, but you will also teach them the deeper principle of blessing, which is, as you are inside, you will find it outside. As above, so below. How many people know this truth in their bodies, in their experience? This person who couldn't forgive the community that excluded him, excluded the community. We find out in the world the things that we say we're afraid to find. We want to find a world that is cynically conspiring to make America 
less than what it could be, we will find ourselves in a narrative very quickly where the world does begin to exclude us. We will project out into the world the things that we are experiencing inwardly. When we are fearful, we will find fear everywhere. You know what the best teacher about that is for me? Babies. I had somebody come over to me and say, you know, every time I pick up your baby, he starts to cry. I said, you got to act happy. <laughs> If you're afraid, he'll feel it. Your fear will translate into a fulfilled prophecy. The very thing that you were hoping not to have happen actually happens. I had a dear friend whose faith keeps coming to my mind the last three days. His name was Azriel Cohen. What an amazing human being Azriel was. I want to lift him up right now on a Shabbat of Kuhunav, the blessing of the priests. He was a priest. He was an artist. He was a thinker. He was beautiful. He was a peace lover. Azriel, during the second Antifada, um, as an artist, a classically trained artist, he could feel the trauma in Israel. He was living in Jerusalem, and he, he was terrified. He could feel himself absorbing terror. And so he did something profoundly courageous and transformative. He decided that he was going to take a little watercolor pad And he was going to make his way into the cafes of both West and East Jerusalem. And all of those places, those who know, those were the places where, where bombs were going off. And he was going to go into those places and he was going to sit there. And as he was going to color those places, he was going to draw them. He was going to be watching his nervous system. He was going to be watching himself absorbing the fear and then transforming it into art. He was going to take what was outside and transmute it inside. He was going to neutralize the things that he found outside and inwardly introject them and then magically and alchemically spit them out as love. He turned fear into love. I have one of his paintings in my office from Tmol Shalshom. When we feel fear, when we feel anger, we find it in the world. You are all the shadow. God shadows you. We shadow God. That's why we pray, everybody, coming back to last week in these new prayer books. Rabbi Arthur Green, a great theologian, maybe the greatest theologian of our generation, said, you know, I believe God is everywhere, so why do I pray? What does it even mean to direct myself towards God? It means that at moments of prayer, I am more available and aware of God's presence than at other moments. It's true, God is everywhere all the time, but during prayer, something happens for me inside and I wake up. What would it look like if we were to ask ourselves, how am I participating with what is happening outside in the world that I am complaining about? It's not in any way, shape, or form to deny that there are things that happen outside of us that are not only because of our projection. That would be silly. But it is a way of saying, hey, I wonder if my mind state is participating with what I'm finding outside in the world. And what would it look like to be a community 
a community that was able to say that if I want to make peace, if I want to be whole, let me start here. If I want to make peace and I want to be whole, let me start here. We as a Jewish community, and sometimes even within this community and other communities, we get so used to making those who are not like us or different than us, we say, you know what, you're on the outside. You can go up to a spiritual retreat at Isabella Friedman and spend the first day judging everyone for being a hippie. You can go to a temple and spend the whole time thinking, I wonder why they're so phony. And in that moment, the outside and inside, you meet it outside. You'll see people. Something will shift. And if we could do that inward peacemaking, we would be able to show up at places where we have radical disagreements with other people and be at peace. We wouldn't be in pieces. We would be at peace because we have a way of connecting ourselves with the outer world. And so that's it. That's my Torah tonight. On a weekend where we will march on Sunday, holding both narratives of Jewish celebration and Jewish pride and the beauty and the miracle of Israel together with the very complex narrative of suffering and pain that is part of being an occupier. We will hold both of these and we will be b'shalom. We will be holding both pieces for peace, watching our own minds and hearts not to exclude and the same thing is true for each and every one of us. What kind of synagogue would this be? What kind of families would we have? If we recognize the teaching of the Kedusha Levi, the Berdichever, that we find in the world what we see in our hearts. We find in the world what we see in our hearts, and what kind of work would we then have to do? We'd have to do heart work. We'd have to do the hard work of heart work. So here's my engagement for you. Please, try it on. See what it feels like tonight at dinner, tomorrow, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Ask yourself in a moment when you begin to kvetch or to see something in the world, ask yourself, let me find it in myself first. Let me see that if I am courageous, I will find courage in the world. If I am inclusive, I will find inclusion in the world. If I am loving, I will find love in the world. If I am forgiving, I will find forgiveness in the world. That's the way to peace. One peace at a time. So, Kotev Archud Ben Israel, may the source of love and life bless all of us with the power of being codependent. <laughs> to be dependent on the power of as I am, so will you be with me. Awakening ourselves to what we can do by just subtly changing where we stand bring a little bit more peace to the world. Does that sound good?